Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and other stories that kept us stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time. Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out, but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose. I feel like we're the Brady Bunch over here in our little boxes. Here's the story. All right. Hey, guys. Hey, everyone. How are we today? Hello. Oh, my gosh. So exciting. Yay. Hi, guys. Um, so we are thrilled to have our friends, Amy and Matt Edwards here today. They are the co-hosts of the Alcohol Free Marriage and More podcast. Um, Amy and I met because we were in the same cohort getting our, uh, this Naked Mind training certifications. Yeah. And these two awesome people are basically Amy's coaching in the alcohol space, and they're going on to become couple counselors as well, which is so awesome because, oh my gosh, I mean, I can think of about 10 people just right now on the fly that would probably want to reach out after listening to this because who doesn't need help when one person goes alcohol-free and the other person is deciding whether or not they want to come along for the ride. So anyways, these guys have been married for 24 years. Um, Amy decided to go alcohol-free three years ago, and then Matt joined um, her nine months later. And so I'm just so excited for all of the things we're going to learn today, you guys. This is going to be awesome. I <laughs> cool. already. I know. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> oh, you guys, this has been great. I was so excited when I saw that you guys were starting your podcast and we've started ours. So right off the bat, I want to invite you guys to be on our podcast as Yay! well. <laughs> um, but getting into our story, um, for me, going right into the pandemic, I mean, I might as well pick up there because my story is pretty much like everybody, not everybody, but it's really similar. I was a career drinker. I went through all of the drinking phases. I tell people I was the college binge drinker. I progressed and didn't drink a lot. And then the joys of motherhood um, were interrupted. I would say by my alcohol habit. And as time progressed, it just became this obsession for me. And over time, as we're going into the pandemic, I'm drinking and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, this is going to get really bad. And we brought our son home from college. We're out on the front um, driveway with friends having a, what a social distancing party and kind of had this out of body experience while just drinking my big old cup full of wine as the kids came out and said, Hey, what's for dinner? And we're like, Oh, don't worry about it. You know, go make some pizzas so that we could stay outside with our, our drinks. And there was that moment where I'm like, what are you doing? You know, we're literally going into lockdown and we're poo-pooing our kids off to make their own dinner. Um, granted, they're, they were older, but still, there's a lot of fear and angst. And in the middle of the night, I woke up and had a, um, it was a God moment. I mean, I had a serious conversation in the middle of the night with God and going, 
okay, we've talked about this a lot and it's, I, I have to quit. And he's saying, yeah, it's, it's time. And I picked up my phone and started scrolling and found, um, program called sober sis and did that for 21 days. And then the next thing, you know, I'm introduced to this naked mind, the book, I devour it. I start watching all the coaches the this naked mind coaches who are online. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to do that. Mm. I want to be a coach, but I'm sitting there going, how are you going to be a coach? You barely can do this right now. You're, you're <laughs> holding on. Meanwhile, I have to tell Matt that I've done this and I'm going to quit. And uh, you share some very interesting information with me as we're on a walk, not looking at each other, but on a walk. And I'm saying, I've signed up for this program and um, I think I need to quit drinking for a while. Wow. And what did you tell me? Good luck. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so relatable. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think what I said and what I felt were two different things. Mm-hmm. What I said was a supportive, like, yes, and I, I've been thinking I need to, you know, dial back my drinking as well. So this is probably good. If you're going to quit, it'll make it easy for me to dial back. But I think in the back of my head, I'm like, well, there goes the fun train off the freaking rails. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, mm-hmm. that's the end of the beginning or the beginning of the end, whatever. You know, it's like the alcohol fun is now a past yeah. part of our life and oh woe is me so i'll just be a, i'll moderate i'll still yeah. be able to have my fun and oh and, oh and p.s yeah my doctor said i have fatty liver um oh wow when did you find out that fatty liver situation in relation to when you guys he, were on this walk and talk oh i usually go in january so it would have been probably yeah. a month before she told so we had let's this conversation. see yeah you were holding on to that well my doctor told me i could still have a couple beers a night and the type of fatty liver i have would be okay so don't beat myself up over that. That wow. was my medical advice. Yeah, you like that? You wow. like that. I, real, yeah. I mean, Mead, I love the expression on your, I know. On your face because guess Her- what? This is me walking going. Oh, my god! Not looking. Not look, yeah. looking away. Looking at him going, oh, man. Because a part of me is thinking, if he's been diagnosed with fatty liver, I could have fatty liver. Gosh, that's so interesting, right? We always yeah. put it. We always put it in the context of ourselves and our own drinking, no matter what it mm. is. Yep. And yeah. And it's so, hard to deny that kind of information. It's like, well, I can't pretend that didn't just happen. And yeah, that that came out. And so, you were amazing, actually. I mean, on this whole thing, I mean, you were very supportive, right on board, because the whole thing replace the ingredients, keep the ritual you know, playing it forward. Let's go to the grocery store because that became the date. That's what we were all doing is just going to the grocery store when you could. I started experimenting with making different mocktails. You were buying NA beers and we just kind of progressed through this. I I look at it as a blessing that we were in lockdown because Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. there were so many things that we're just taken off the table that mm-hmm. I could just really focus on that at that time. Yeah. Um, Cause this was in March, um, like literally going in to the first lockdown. And I did this, this 21 day experiment and I read that book and about day 14, I was driving down the, the road and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what the heck is this? And I'm, I'm, I could feel just the sun, the warmth, the everything had been turned on 
like it, like the color had been turned on. So yeah. I am like driving. I come home. I am so excited. I'm like, this feels amazing. Mm-hmm. I am on fire. I can feel again. I'm mm-hmm. on this. <laughs> I'm so sorry because I'm sure you were just like, oh no, no the this is really rip. locking in now. I don't think. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's, that was a reality. I'm like, oh, this isn't just 21 days, and she'll come back, and life will be, mm-hmm. you know, join me in my moderation train. But yeah, yeah, that was but, a reality. But then you know it. It got, as I tell people, then we had lockdowns, you know, started to lessen. We started to go back out. You, again, were very supportive. You were um, telling telling me, okay, well, let's go find places that have NA stuff, which was zero at that time. And um, it just, but I did it anyways. It was like, okay, I'll just go in and add a, you know, add, order an NA margarita or an in a Moscow mule or whatever. whatever. And we'll just do this. Um, And as time just progressed, I just kept literally devouring everything I could possibly get. And meanwhile, I'm sending him everything I'm learning. Like literally, oh, listen to this factoid. Listen, (laughs) did you know about this? And, and I didn't, I never said you need to quit. I no, just, just kept sending facts and yeah, stats. I'd say, and, here's this, here's that. I was so excited though. And, but then again, then we had the issues of our friends and family who all drank, um, mm-hmm. the majority of them. Right. And that was a, a challenge. But you were, again, you were very, very supportive. Sometimes it's like you told it. me you woke up with two heads. You don't drink? like yeah i don't drink what 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 was the big deal it's like oh it's like oh you don't drink what's going on what's gonna yeah. happen and of course that being said we were like the drinking people like even our we in-laws, were the drinkers our in-laws are like you guys quit drinking like they don't drink really like they're take it or leave it whatever but like their excuse to drink was when they were with us because we were the drinkers we would take them to the tap houses we would do the drinking mm-hmm. so my brother and i was like oh that's a bummer <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but, but they were truly people who could moderate their drink. Oh. We call them unicorns. We're like, oh my gosh, look at you guys. You all, literally, I felt bad too. You only drink with us. Oh yeah. No, you guys were our excuse. So, you know, we are the people your, your parents, your parents warned you about. I mean, we were the drinkers. Everything revolved around oh, alcohol. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that was a huge. Well, cause I was a daily drinker. So Every every day I was having, you know, a drink or two or three in the evening. So every that was part of my, well, my identity. That's what I did. And of course, you do it long enough, that just became how I had to survive, right? Like I couldn't not drink, right? Like that just was my anxiety fix and everything else. So, yeah. And I think as we went through those first, that first nine months, and I, I'm ticking off all the firsts, you know, I went the first vacation with everybody, the first birthday. I'm 52. I've never not in my adult life, except probably when I was pregnant, um, had a drink and we're just going through all these firsts. And I'm like, okay, we went on a, a little mini vacation. I kind of inadvertently outed myself on social media and just kind of let it go and just said, okay, yeah, well, I guess this is out now. And, um, I had a friend reach out to me who said, oh my gosh, thank you for putting this out there. I thought I was all alone. And, you know, though, that's another thing. So we just, we just kept going along and then we get through the holidays. That was really tough. 
But I, again, the whole time I'm going along with this, you are being very supportive. And then we get up to around New Year's Eve. And I think maybe right before that, I you had signed up for the live alcohol Probably. experiment because I kind of was sneaky. Um, <gasps> no way. I know. Scott comes up, you know, his promo for the live alcohol experiment. And I'm like, oh, well, what if I just put this on really loud and see? <laughs> what she does all the time on her videos because she doesn't know how to work with phone. So it was not surprising. It just happened to be and, planned. And I'm like, I oh, thought you were going to say that you signed him up without him knowing. No, no, no. I thought no. you were going to say. <laughs> No, no. And we're sitting there and it comes up and I'm like, oh, so I put it and all of a sudden you said, wait a minute, that there's guys who do this too. Like there's actually guys. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, there are guys. And you. So that was kind of my catalyst to sign up. And and again, I was only going to do the 30 days as well. And then I was going to go back to moderation or whatever. Yeah. The goal was always for me as well. It was moderation. It just. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- well, that's what I was going to ask about because what did what does moderation mean to you, or what did it mean to you when you were so Amy, you're cruising along, and Matt, you're there doing your moderation. What what did that look like? Is it just reduction in number of drinking, or you know, tell us a little bit about what moderation? Oh, yeah, I mean, like a lot of people, I had like three thousand rules I put in place that I ah. would constantly break and change, and I would say, okay, well, I only have I forget what it's been so long now. It's like oh, maybe it was like one beer only one beer a night or one or two. And then I'd have an NA beer, some, uh, some mod, model a of formula. That, yeah. I added some sort of formula where I wouldn't do this or I wouldn't drink that night, but it, and you guys have probably heard, you know, it takes so much brain power to do moderation. I thought moderation was the golden ticket. Like oh, it's a perfect world. Yeah. Oh my God. You spend so much time thinking about it. And, and, and she knows the story. It's not a secret, but confessions of a guilty conscious. I, would take an NA beer, so an NA beer would be in the garbage can, but I secretly had a bottle of vodka that I would top off the NA beer with vodka so that it looked like I was keeping to my rules, but mm. even I was breaking my own rules. I'm like, so it's those type of things. It's like, you know what? It's I'm either going to drink or not drink. This moderate, like this pretend moderation, we'll call it, right? Like not a true moderate, just, you know, all these rules. I'm like, no, no. I'm either just going to drink like I did or not. You know, I'm either going to die by the bottle or I'm going to get healthy and quit drinking. That, that was my mindset at that. By the time I got to the class and I did the 30 days, I'm like, yeah, that was, I didn't believe it going in, but moderation is not the golden ticket you want to think it is. You were about two weeks in and the health benefits that you started uh, to experience. Yeah. So I had, I had my doctor diagnosed me with IBS for what, 12, 25, 20, 25 years, mm-hmm. um, which happened to start in college, which happens to be when I started drinking the most convenient. I uh, never put those two things together, but um, yeah, I quit drinking. I said um, maybe TMI, but I used to have to take two to three emodiums every single day of my ah. for years. I did this, right? I, I would always have a modium in my pocket or whatever, you know, and that was part of my anxiety and all this, all my stomach issues. I quit drinking. I haven't taken a modium in two and a half years. I have no stomach <sighs> issues, none of that. So anytime I have friends like, Oh, I have stomach issues. I'm like, do you drink? Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm being kind of mean, but I'm like, well, talk to me when you quit drinking. Then mm-hmm. we'll see if it's actually a medical issue or if it's an alcohol-induced medical issue. Because there are people who really have IBS. I know it. it it's a real thing. But there's a lot of people who think they have IBS who just need to quit drinking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was such a hard line that that wasn't the problem. And I would look for any reason that the <laughs> drinking wasn't the IBS problem because I want to keep drinking. Sure. And now it's the thing. I actually have had dreams 
where I drank again. And my biggest worry was, oh, no, I'm going to have stomach problems again. <laughs> like, wow. that's the thing keeping I mean, me on the bus. <laughs> and and it, and not only was it freedom for Matt, but it was freedom for our family, finally. I mean, mm. we were always, when we would get on the plane, if we would just get in the car to go somewhere, um, we Dad, always... Dad can't eat here or Dad we, or, or Matt wouldn't eat for the day. You know, you know what that's like when you're stressed out and you're traveling and all of that. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this activity because there's no bathroom nearby. And what happens if I get stuck and I have to go to the bathroom? So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go to I don't want to go to lunch because lunch was a problem time. And I know I need to eat that at home or I need to get up two hours before I go do anything so I can eat, stabilize my body. But, you know, a whole litany of crap. That mental real estate we always talk about, because this is something I'm always saying. I'm like, it's not just the time that I lost from my life in the actual physical drinking of the substance. It's all of the thinking it took, all of the planning, prepping, recovering Mm -hmm. from, like all of that mental real estate that is wrapped up in that. And then, you know, and then in taking it, the distraction that that is, it keeps us from being Mm -hmm. present, from being able to, yeah, I mean, that's just, it's not a fun way to. Yeah, to it's be to no live for everybody. That definitely, that helped our me quitting helped our marriage because just the stomach issues. Oh alone my gosh, made we, just activities more seamless. The alcohol aside, just the and having that. fun and being able to go. Well, hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Okay, let's go. No, it, oh, was, wow. it was just gone. Yep. That whole part of our marriage that wait i want to i want to rewind because i feel like we missed such like an important part like i want to know like matt when did you finally get on board and what was it that 21 day thing that you did or when did you finally think yeah i think it was towards the end of the well when she when i knew there was actually another guy in the group which is why i'm a big proponent that's why i do the power podcast and why i'm with amy on this journey because i think there need to be more male voices because Mm -hmm. you know I think there's too much of the male machismo. It's like, oh, I, I, I'm drinking it, but and like, there's no male voice to look to. Like, well, no other guys don't drink, so I need to drink. Um, so yeah. the, the Scott part, but I planned the 30 days, and I went into it thinking, well, I'll do the 30 days, and then I'll go back to moderation, get under control, get under control. Yep. But I think I got to day 32, and I was like, huh, like I feel good. Like I don't really feel like I need to drink. Let's go for day 33 and 34, and I just kind of kept on going and never, I I think I just felt so good. It was like, why would I want to go back? And Mm -hmm. I'm scared to really say anything because I'm like, don't jinx it. Oh, he's doing it. (laughs) He's doing it. Oh my gosh. Um, And stay neutral, stay neutral. Yeah, exactly. And don't get too excited. (laughs) Exactly. You're scared away. Yeah. And, and, and you hadn't come clean about this, some of the things until later, um, like in, I would probably say it like six months. That's when you were like, Hey, by the way, oh. I was doing this and that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean, you know what? It Struggle is what is it real. is. Real. Um, this is not an easy thing to do and it takes time and it takes support and it takes, um, that constant grace and compassion with that other individual, especially when like Matt was doing the moderating this might be the way it is forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, or it could be he's going to drink more. And what, how do I feel about that? And I finally had gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I feel horrible. I mean, I literally felt, looked horrible, 
um, and like on Matt's health issues for me, I had bruising on my, on my thighs for, for years that I didn't realize until long, until I don't know, I, I can't remember, maybe it was a podcast or something, but I heard a urologist talking about bruising that wouldn't heal. And that was due to your liver not functioning properly. And wow. at about six months, my bruising all went away on my thighs. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, exactly. So it really became a health issue. And over that first six months, I the weight just came off. It wasn't something that I was, I wasn't dieting. I was just living. Hmm. I was just doing my life and the weight came off and it was, it was so, it was just crazy. Although the weight one's a funny one for me. So I've never really, really, I've always been a thin guy. I take after my grandfather and I've always sort of been able to eat whatever I wanted, but I also drank. I've always been thin. So I was never, I'm never big into food. Like I'm just not, I'm not anorexic. I'm just not interested in food. It's like, eh, whatever. If I don't eat like whatever. But anyway, so when you quit drinking, what I was drinking, you know, you're probably pulling five to six, 700 calories a day out of your diet. Now, two years later, I'm on the flip side where I have to count calories to be sure I get enough calories. So all of a sudden I started dropping weight. <laughs> wow. I'm like, mm-hmm. like a lot. I'm like, what is wrong? I'm like, am I, I started thinking, am I sick or whatever? And then I started tracking my calories. I'm like, no, because you're not going to maintain weight at 1300 calories a day because you took all the booze out. You know, yeah, and then you take down the inflammation, so you lose the inflammation is gonna make you look smaller to begin with. Then you drop like ten pounds that you didn't need to drop to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's my new struggle is eating enough and the right things, right? So more of the nutrition side, yeah. starting to address that. Um, so, and I guess fast forward, you've quit drinking. I'm starting to about six months. I'm starting to drop hints. I want to do a podcast again because we used to podcast years ago. And I'm like, hey, you want to maybe we should do a podcast again. And you weren't ready. And I didn't want to push you. And I think like, if I commit to a podcast, then, then I, I'm then really to. in. That's a good <laughs> wait, one. Yeah. Wait, so did you pitch the idea of doing the alcohol free marriage podcast? Is that what I said, you know what, wouldn't it be great if we started podcasting again? And I would love to do it around alcohol. I really just let's, you know, that we're two people, no name, nothing. Just, I want to do this podcast because the reason we podcast in the past was because that was kind of our date time. It was, let's get together. You were way into podcasting back then, like literally begged me to podcast in 2005. Right. Y'all were like and podcast OGs. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. What was your podcast about before? Sorry, oh, I have to Well, that was things. kind of the reason I want, it was called the Red Boy Podcast. I think it's still out there a little it's, bit. Anyway, yeah, some of it's it was, out there still. It was, back then they just called it a couple cast. It was basically just us talking about our week. So it's like a vlog before vlogs were vlogs, I guess you could call so- it. So and cool. we did, I think, 200 some episodes. Yeah. But I wanted wow. to, I always, I always wanted to podcast again, but I was like, I'd like to do something with actual substance. Like ours was just like a, it was fun. Like a morning goof talk show, more yeah. or less. Right? And I, I want to like do something that can help people. And so eventually I was like, okay, now I think I'm on this train for sure. Yeah. Um, And we had tools and we had stories. And you didn't want to though yet because you were, you were still like, okay, I'm not ready. I just kept bringing it up every once in a while. And then finally last year, you're like, yeah, let's do it. 
And then you were all in. You're like, no, we need this, 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 this. And you just went full on and um, ordered mics, ordered. Well, I do freelance video production and photography, commercial stuff. So when she says podcast, yes, all right. Now we need a light, we need camera, we need mics, we need this TV thing back here, you know? Yeah. He like yeah. went full on. She goes, you know, people don't do that. I said, yes, but I do. <laughs> so I knew he was committed. Yeah. And so we started to do that and started to just, you know, interview, you know, coaching friends. And then we started to interview authors and um, we've interviewed um different drink manufacturers in a, mm -hmm. and that's it. So it just has progressed. And then it progressed until this spring, we were interviewing someone for our podcast. And the next thing you know, I get an email from her and she's doing, um, her and her husband are doing a coaches training because they're, they're marriage coaches. And they're like, let's, you guys want to do this? And I said, let's just go to it. Let's because I'm always wanting to see someone spiel. And so you were great about it. And I was seriously thinking, really, another, really, another thing? What? Am I <laughs> doing that? You need to like like start doing your inner monologue. Have, have I not learned okay, enough? Here I gotta keep she goes again. It's part of her Amy and Matt 2.0 is a kids leave yeah. the house thing. So and so it was great though. You we both came down that we watched the presentation about you know, helping other couple couples in crisis. And I'm sitting there going, wow, this could really, this makes sense. It would tie in with our, with what we're doing. We both want to help people. Um, not a lot of the times when you're coaching somebody, it does end up getting around relationships. And I'm like, whoa, this information is going to be so good for, for my clients right now. And so then we just, said, let's do this. So we yeah. signed up, we've started and, um, it's a year program. And I think next, next April we'll yeah. have our certification and be out. Yeah. I mean, it just couples. really makes sense with the couple podcast and Amy's coaching. And that is a question that always comes up even through the podcast of like, well, how, how do you do it if one doesn't drink, mm -hmm. drink or one does and all that. And having some real training and skills to help people in that scenario. Um, and the couple who are giving us our train see value from us bringing the alcohol side in because they get the question about mm. the alcohol mm -hmm. and they don't have the resources. So it's a kind of a nice symbiotic kind of a yeah. relationship. Yeah. I love that. Um, how do you coach people now? What do you share with people when it comes to doing this, you know, the, the woman wants to do it and the husband's like, yeah, good luck with that. Or yeah. I mean, I guess it could be vice versa. We usually hear, you know, that scenario, but what is your best advice as far as that goes? I'd love to hear separate answer. I mean, maybe they're the same answer, but from yeah. both perspectives. Well, I think for me, especially right now when, cause I've worked with several clients who, you know, the husband is still drinking mm -hmm. and I have really taken this to a health issue. I'm like, this is about your health. You do not process alcohol the same way your husband does. Mm -hmm. um, and how, how do you feel? How do you want to feel? I think that's the big thing. How do you want to mm -hmm. feel and how do you want to show up for yourself and in your life? And what I found is when I quit our relationship, even before he quit, it got better. Yeah, same, it same. Got so much better because 
what you know at least having one person clear and present and yeah. showing up and having one person offering again grace and compassion and standing back and going oh you know what that was me too and being yeah. able to yeah. say how do you want to show up for yourself because far too often as we know why we've been drinking is we've been people pleasing and we aren't happy with ourselves and so we're sitting there people pleasing all day long. And then the only thing that makes us feel better was that glass of wine. Glasses of wine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Several. Um, yeah. And I think for me, it would be just like, how do you want to show up for yourself? And if they're a mom, how do you want to show up for your kids? I don't care how old they are. I worked with a gal who was, she was 70 years old. We were talking and she quit drinking. And what she said, she goes, I'm influencing my 50 year old daughter. My 50 year old mm -hmm. daughter is now not drinking as much. Yeah. yeah that's generational. Nice. And that doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, cause there was a part of me for a long time and probably like you guys where you're regretting that drinking when you, you were doing. And I mean, my kids, when I quit mm -hmm. were freshmen in high school and a freshman in college, that was hard because then you have a lot of regret coming up. And we all know when we're feeling that shame and regret what we want to do, we want to yeah. attack. And mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I was told by Annie herself, she said, you're doing the best you could with the tools you had at the time. Mm -hmm. And so now it's, we're moving forward. And I think that's, that's what I would tell them and give them hope that, you know what, just show up for yourself. Um, it, yeah. Showing, so not saying. Like, I, I think mm -hmm. that that's one of the things that I try to emphasize. It's like showing it that has so much, I mean, whether it's our husbands, friends, children, whatever it is, you know, taking advice that we haven't asked for is not, it's not ever going to be receptive, but I, what you kind of explained in your, your story described so beautifully was like that kind of showing without, I do have a question. And then I, Matt, I want to hear your response to that too. Like Amy, when you were sending all this information Matt's way, and Matt, you're like, oh my gosh, here we go. Like how receptive were you or how much of that did you actually pay attention to and read? I, I think I would say the proof was in the pudding, maybe like, mm. you know, she, she would tell me these things like, okay. But I, I think probably what swayed me more than anything was what made me, yeah. like, you know, skin or sleep or whatever, like the real benefits. And you kind of start to see that, oh, I guess, you know she had more energy to do this and she wanted these things. I guess I looked at it different than some may, right? Some may say, well, her not drinking is getting in the way of my drinking versus I looked at it as like my drinking is getting in the way of her not drinking. Ooh, right. So good. it's a mindset, right? So are you impeding on me or am I impeding on you? Right. And mm. one's a more selfish at perspective. So I would say, I mean, do I read everything still to today? She sends me no, because it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, w I, w I would need a support person to help me, you know, call it down a little bit. But, um, <laughs> Todd Shirley yeah, knows was, how you was, feel. It was, it was probably a little so bit. So does Chris Osborne. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, it, she didn't send it with like, you have to read this or you have to do, you know, it was definitely, I, I am a full proponent of, you know, lead them to the water and they'll drink or not. Um, Sprinkle, think, sprinkle know, it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think my, I don't know if it, I have the best advice, but um, I sort of take the approach, if you've seen the movie uh, Fireproof, where, he doesn't want to do neither, you know, the relationship's kind of falling apart and he doesn't want to do the work. She doesn't want to do the work. And he has to trust that if I do the work, I can mm. control what I do. Right. And I think that's part of it of be that 
you know, if nobody's going to do the work and nobody's doing anything, nothing's going to work. But if one person does some of the work, that may open the eyes to the other person. Like, oh, hey, they're trying. They're doing, you know, they're trying. And I think the hardest part, and we've touched on this conversation a little bit in our marriage coaching side about the hardest part is you're making this decision to quit. Your spouse may not, you know, it's mm-hmm. not what they signed up for. That was, We've been drinker buddies for 20 some years, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what I signed up for. There, There is, and we've t- interviewed people where the reality is, your marriage doesn't work after that because the dynamic changes so radically and that's hard, mm. but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean just because I'm quitting and you're not means it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, I think it's, it takes a very selfless view of life and of each other and grace and compassion and some of the, the, the tools that we're learning now through our marriage coaching of learning about, and it's even helped us just oh. in our marriage period. But I think those type of tools when you're going through that, it's like, oh, understanding why certain things are happening. Yeah. Um, but it's a hard conversation. Like, no, I mean, will this cause me to get divorced? I don't know, but you can only do your part, show up and be the best that yeah. you can be. And because my, I was married previously. And so my first marriage did end because of alcoholism, you know, as a 28 year old going through a divorce, my um, ex was 29 and he was drinking a couple of cases of beer a week and it was really bad. And I had this thought in my head, I'm like, well, you've gone down this path before and you know, you can make it through if, if that happens. I mean, I didn't want that to happen, but in Mm -hmm. the back of my mind, it was, it was a very real possibility. But again, that's when you have to turn it over um, to God and say, okay, (laughs) you're asking me to quit drinking. (laughs) How is this all going to work out? And just have faith and hope in all of it that it's going to work out. Was that your biggest fear in that, that those nine months of like you not drinking and him on the road to not drinking was that it would end up in another broken marriage? That was a part of it. Um, the very beginning, at the very beginning, when I first told him, and probably the first few months, um, definitely, because I, as many people know, like when I quit, and you know everything is, your body's rebalancing, and the chemicals. I had a lot of rage um, that was in me and was coming out, and poor Matt. That's all I can say is poor Matt. I would go, I would work out. I had so much fear. All the fear from my past was coming mm. out and I would go in and explode at him. And I think after two weeks of being Mr. Okay, she's going through a lot. I finally said, do we need to go to counseling? Do you need to go to counseling? Do we need to do something? And when you said that, I just remember going, you you've got to get this under control. You need to find a different way to get this out of your body. And so I had a damn it doll. It's a voodoo looking doll. And I took it outside and just beat the house (laughs) with it. I punched pillows. I quit yelling at you. And about another month, that all went away. Mm. It's so crazy. Feel the feelings. Yeah. Feel the feelings. Yeah. And they stay there. They don't leave. They don't go away. So I don't think I had the fear of like the marriage ending. I think, I think the biggest 
thing was the challenge of how learning how to relationship all over again because mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we did or the way we interacted yeah. changed when you quit drink well, especially when she quit drinking then when I quit drinking like it changes all over again so that wasn't a fear but it, t- it took work right yeah. it, you have to have like conversations over again and it's like well this is what we used to do now we don't, well, don't want to do that and it's mm-hmm. you know well and and fast forward you know what people need to have NA options at at bars you contacted a couple of different places and I think the, finally the third one we're like, well, what do you want? What do you want us to carry for you? Now that particular place. It's like one of the best places in town. To go. It they has seven like or eight, seven or eight. And they're a, they're a brewery. Which started a trend. Now all the tap houses all have an NA choice because they realized everybody's going there. Or not everybody, but people would. A lot of people. If you had non-drinkers, you would choose that because there was an option and the other ones didn't have an option. Mm-hmm. Well, now, you know, it's a slow, it's, like, it's a slow process, but. I want to go back real quick to what you said, because I think as this is such a big sometimes hurdle for women who are starting this work, it's like, if my husband's not going to do this with me, um, what you were talking about as far as having to kind of start the relationship in a new way almost because where drinking, you know, kind of kept it in this rhythm. Like there were a lot of knowns. There was a lot of comfort in just doing the things that we always did. My husband and I, like we cocktailed together. That was our, Mm -hmm. that was our hobby. And Mm -hmm. what I think is so, when we think about like the stories that keep us stuck and the things that get in our way, we automatically go to that place of like, how is this going to affect my marriage? And we automatically go to, the negative. But what I love to emphasize is that it, it also has this really great, it's like the blank canvas effect. It's like, we are so sure it's just going to have a bad effect on our marriage. Whereas it's almost like this great new blank canvas where we get to step into this next opportunity of growth Mm -hmm. in our relationship, almost like dating again. That's what I've found to be true. That's what I hear from clients who've done it this way too, where it's just like, oh, I was so sure it was going to be detrimental to my marriage. And that kept me stuck for a long time. Whereas I'm finding it's this really cool way of like the next phase of dating each other in mm-hmm. a new way. And um, I, and I just, yeah, I think that's amazing. And you highlighted that. And I think that's what's hard for people to see and, and step into that possibility yeah. that actually is a, an amazing thing. And I would also say with that is for ladies out there, give your spouse a chance because far too often they don't even want to say a word and they're trying to do it all by themselves. Mm -hmm. And just, this is where I'm at. And this is about my health. And this is how I feel. And really explain the whole thing to them. You know, lay it out there that this is, I'm not asking you to change anything, Mm -hmm. but what I'm needing from you is I really need that love and that support right now, because this is how I'm feeling inside and really describe it to them. Because when I did that and said, I'm feeling so awful and horrible and everything. I I mean, I had to just completely strip it down to vulnerability and say, I need your help because honestly, Mm. I felt like I was headed towards death. Mm. And I think that's the one thing that so many women are they're, they are feeling that. They're feeling yeah. that desperation. I know it's hard, but that's that's where it comes into that relationship area and how you go about it. Yeah. I was just going to ask you what your 
tiny new action your tiny Tina was, but I feel like you just summed it up so beautifully right there. (laughs) Yeah, I think that, yeah, that would definitely be it. Um, Just don't try to change them. Just go in, going in with everything with love and compassion. Yeah. And no judgment on the other person at all. And I know it's hard because we all make judgments, but that guy over there, you know, I would not be where I'm at right now without him because I really did feel like I was headed, you know, to a dark and ugly place. And, um, but if I wouldn't have given you that opportunity, I don't know, you know, we wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. I love that. Um, like that invitation, the, the vulnerability that you speak to. I mean, one of my favorite teachers, Kurt Thompson always talks about like, we don't do vulnerable. We are vulnerable. God created us as vulnerable beings just because of, you know, Genesis three, we all ended up like protecting our vulnerability and living in those ways of protection, self-protection, sharing what is on your heart and what the journey is for you and the invitation for Matt to kind of join you, not from a, like, you have to do this with me, but just like, this is what I'm going through. The invitation to be a part of the journey, whether he's participating in the actual drinking or not drinking part too. Right. And that, I mean, that keeps the connection, which allows for that compassion for each other. And then it just, it goes, I mean, oh, I love it. It's so good. So beautiful. So good. Tell everybody where they can find you guys and we'll put all of the information in the show notes as well. If, if they want to get a hold of us, the, the easiest place is just go to uh, joyontheotherside.com and you can find our podcast, you can find my blog, all the different, all the things are right there. It's usually e- easiest way, or you can just, you can search us, um, the alcohol free marriage podcast. You can search that on Apple, Spotify, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. There everywhere. You go. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll also make sure that it's linkable so that everyone can find Thank it there you. too. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Oh, so grateful you. for Thank your you. time and your story and your and the work you're doing. It's, it's such a great honor Thanks. to be in the space with you all doing this. So thank you. You too. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com. And make sure you follow us over on the gram at Love Life Sober with Christy and Mead at I'm not sober, I'm free. To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at meadhollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement. Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week.